Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Talks with Shade D. I am your host, Shade D, and we about to get into another episode. I hope y'all are having a great day, evening, or night, wherever y'all are listening to this from. Now, let's get into it. Today we are talking about my life for the last seven months. And how I decided to join the U.S. freaking military. The army. Okay? The army. And not just the, okay, part-time army, but the full-time active duty army. Alright? Beginning of the year? The beginning of the year was rough. Alright? Fresh move. To Texas, I didn't have no job. I was in school, though. I was in school for media production. But I needed to make money. And I wasn't making money off of being in school. So, after advice from a couple people in my life, my wife, her friends, and myself, I decided that the uh, military was an okay thing to do. It was a process. At first, I was about to join the Air Force, but they was doing too much. So I headed to the Army Recruiting Office and went from there. It was a quick process. It only took like about a month from the time that I went in there. To me leaving for training. I was excited. Okay, nervous but excited. I didn't know what was in store for me. Because this is something I had never done before in my life. Like, this was a really big step out the box for me. And it was weird. But I went with it. After several trips to Dallas to do all the initial stuff that I had to do before completely enlisting in the army. I was in there. After my last trip down there, I took the oath and all that great stuff that they make you do before they just ship you off and tell you to go have a nice life. It was rough. All them trips, it was at least four or five trips to Dallas. I did not like it because it was a waiting game. I don't like to be unsure of what is going to happen, you know. And on my last trip was the last trip. Like, that was the trip that sent me off to Missouri. For training. Okay. At first they were talking about. They had lost my medical records. And that they didn't. You know know if they were going to be able to shit me off. On that day. April 6, 2021. They didn't know. If they were going to be able to shit me off. So I was ready to go home. Like I was prepared for them to send me home. I was kind of hoping and praying. That they were going to send me home honestly. Because 
I was not prepared to leave my family because it was something big. It was something new. Like, I cried the entire time. I was there. I was not ready. I did not want to go. But then magically, after like an hour or so, they found the medical records. And they were like, okay, you're good to go. We're going to ship you off today. And I was a little bit disappointed because I didn't really want to go. After all the stuff that I had went through to get to that point, I didn't want to leave. Because I'm like, this is really happening. I took this step and this is really happening. Like, what lies ahead? And I didn't know, so I was scared. That same day they shipped me off, I was talking to my wife and I was just like, this is about to be an interesting next couple of months of our lives. Interesting. And I was not wrong. <laughs> Let me tell y'all, I was not wrong. The moment that I got to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri, I was not happy. <laughs> Let me tell you, I got there at like 12 a.m. Running off of like two hours of sleep. I got there at like 12. And then after that, they made us stay up all night. They searched our bags or whatever for stuff that, that we weren't allowed to take in there. They took our phone from us because, you know, that's what you got to do or whatever. And I was not, I was not expecting that. I was like, oh, all right. Because, you know, living life, like, you do everything with your, some people, at least I can say. Some people do a lot of stuff with their phones. Like, that's how they interact with the world. I was not prepared for them to take my phone at all. Like, the phone call that they made us make to our families when we got there, it was like this monotone-type deal. Like, you couldn't really show no emotion at all. Like, we got there, and it was, hey, I made it to such and such. I will call you when I get the chance. Two minutes. Like, two minutes, and that was it. And then we was off the phone. Like, it was rough. It was rough, let me tell you. Didn't have my phone for the first week because that was in processing before they sent us to basic training. So I didn't have my phone that, that week. And then when we finally get it the day they were moving us to the basic training um, part of everything, it was for 15 minutes. We got our phones for 15 minutes, and then we had to put them away and all that great stuff. When I tell you, I talked to my wife after that first week, and I was like, girl, I don't know about this. I don't know. How can I get out of here? She was like, I miss you so much. Like, not being able to talk to you for a week. It was rough. Like, this, everything upon the sun. And, of course, I cried. I was like, I, I miss home already. And it's only been a week. Like, I'm ready to go. Right? And then after that, 
they made us turn our phones off after the 15 minutes was up. They made us turn our phones off. And then when they took us to the basic training part of the training or whatever, they took our phones again. And they told us that we weren't going to get them again for a while. And I was like, what? You've got to be kidding me. Because not that I'm attached to my phone, but like it's nice to be able to talk to the people that you love when you want to talk to them. So me not being able to do that, I was shook at first. I was shook. It took a couple of weeks to get acclimated to the fact that we didn't have our phones every day. And I know there's probably some people that's going to listen to this that are probably like, oh my God, she's so attached to her phone. She's so this, she's so that. But that's not the case. I wasn't attached to my phone. I'm attached to my wife and my kids. And it was rough not being able to talk to them every single day. I mean, granted, they did give us Sundays for that nine-week period that we were in basic training to talk to our families. But 30 minutes every week that don't it don't add up like I was sitting there writing letters every single day for that whole nine weeks of training like I was in there making it happen day after day I was writing a letter sometimes there was tear stains on the paper sometimes the letters was long Sometimes I just sat there and I didn't know what to talk about because there was so much happening to me. I didn't know what to talk about. That nine weeks was life-changing, honestly. It was really hard at first. And there were a lot of nights where I was just like, what did I get myself into? I would cry a lot. Like, I'm a very emotional person. I cried a lot during basic training because my body was being broken down so much, but it was also being built up. And my personal will to continue going was tested a lot because I battle with depression. And that's been a thing that I've battled with for majority of my life. So it was really difficult to go through all the vigorous things that we were going through during basic um, and still keep a level head and a level mind. There were some nights where I was just like, shit, do I really want to continue going on like this? Or do I want to just cut this shit short and just leave it all on the table now? But then every time I thought about it, I was like, Think about what you was going to be leaving behind. So, of course, I finished it out. Basic training. Bruh. At the end, I was happy because the last, like, week or so, it wasn't bad. The drill sergeants, you know, laid off a little bit. And there's one drill sergeant that I will forever be thankful for. And I will love her to death until the end of time. She was great. I'm not going to name drop, but she was an amazing role model 
in the army that I got to see firsthand. And I think for, for her every day. But let me tell y'all, when we was doing rifle quals, freaking that third week into that mm, seventh week period, I was like, bruh, we had to carry around an M4 carbine everywhere we went. Every single day, we was carrying around that weapon every single day. When I tell you by week number two, I was ready to be done. I said, look, y'all can keep this weapon. I don't, I don't want it no more because I don't feel like carrying it. My wrist, I'm pretty sure I got carpal tunnel. Like, going down the line, I'm going to have carpal tunnel because my wrist was in that uncomfortable ass position. For hours on end. Okay. <laughs> I was not fucking with it. Okay. But it was fun shooting it. Shooting it was a great time. Like the adrenaline rush that you get from shooting such a powerful, you know, rifle. I was like, look at me over here doing something. But I hated carrying it. I hated it absolutely hated it but i got through that i got through that and then towards the end of basic china they had us do this obstacle course that we were supposed to do in the beginning but the weather had us all messed up so we got it backlogged until the end we were doing this obstacle course and i almost died and I'm not being dramatic, like, oh, my God, I almost died. No, like, literally, I almost had a heat stroke because I was running through this course. And I, could, I couldn't breathe. Let me tell y'all, I could not breathe. I got done with the course, and I damn near passed out. Like, the whole platoon had to carry my ass back to where we was at. And then after that, they had to rush me through the freaking ice bath portion of the thing they had to put some ice sheets on my body because i was overheating i was to the point where i was like about to black out my vision was like spotty it was it was crazy i could <sighs> my friend during basic she was like you cannot die like you cannot i cannot have your wife come and look for me if you die all right please don't do it don't do it but I held, I held on because I was like, Shh, girl, you are not about to end up in nobody's hospital out here. Not where you by yourself. Not today. It was, it was a, it was a thing. But I got the most respect after that. Like the drill sergeants, my platoon, they were like, we couldn't have done that. We couldn't have, we couldn't have been you. The platoon was like, we couldn't, have, we couldn't have been you, right? And the drill sergeant, they was like, you got more heart than half the people out here. Because none of them was trying to jump up to do it. Right. So I felt real good about myself. We didn't win. My platoon did not win the obstacle course challenge. But I felt good about myself after that. Because even though I didn't want to do the obstacle course at first, I still did it and I finished it without giving up on myself even though I wanted to 
Like, I felt real good about myself. And that was, like, something that I really couldn't wait to tell people. Like, I did something that almost put me in hospital. But survived it and didn't end up in the hospital. I was hyped. I was hyped for a couple days after that. Like, it was great. And then when it was at the end end and we was getting ready for graduation, I was lit. Oh, my goodness. They were like, all right, graduation in a couple days. Got to turn everything in. We was turning stuff in. And all I could think about was, oh, my God, I get to see my babies in the next couple of days. Like, I was so excited after nine weeks of being put through the ringer. I was getting to see not only my wife, I got to see all of my kids, and then I got to see my mom and my dad and my sisters and my brother. It was, it was great. Like, I was so excited for graduation that nobody could tell me nothing. I looked good in my uniform. I was so happy to show off what I looked like in my uniform. Oh, my God. But, man, I was happy as hell. Because then they were like, okay, then you're going on to your second part of training. It's going to be like college. Oh, my God. It's going to be great. Right? It's not going to be like basic where, you know, you're monitored every day, you know, by a drill sergeant, blah, blah, blah. Little did I know they lied. Everybody who said that the second part of training, which was AIT, Advanced Individual Training, lied. A bunch of freaking liars. But we're going to get into that on the next episode. Stay tuned for it. Subscribe to the channel. And y'all have a great day. This is Shady Talk. And I'm out of here.